On today's episode of Let's Grow Together, I talk with Candice James, and she is a dream life strategist with just by that name, title. I mean, what a powerful thing to be able to do and help people. And we really dive into what she's been able to do, how she works with her clients, and the different things that you can start to do in your life to be able to create your dream life. And what I think is so cool is that there are so many practical elements, practical steps that we go over, um, as well as hearing, you know, her journey, she's traveled all over the world. She's done some really cool things. So it's just a really awesome, powerful episode that I know you're going to love. So let's dive in. But first, the intro. Welcome to Let's Grow Together. My name is Nick Monatotibus, motivational speaker and digital marketing strategist. And this podcast is all about helping you grow both in life and business. Let's dive in. Hello, we are back and I am so excited for this next guest. Um, we met at an event and we've been able to, to connect on, you know, utilizing the power of social media. And she's got some exciting stuff to share. She's got a new book that's coming out that they came out. Um, so I'm sure we're going to get into that. So uh, Candice, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> so real quick, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do and who you serve. Yes. So um, I'm Candice, as Nick mentioned, <laughs> and I um I am what I call a dream life strategist. So I help people to create a life that they love waking up to each and every single day. So I do that through um, online courses and one-on-one coaching. And I just recently put out a book. Uh, actually, it's not out yet, but I just got the proof copy. So I'm very excited about that. Um, and I guess, uh, that's me in a little nutshell. Yeah. Amazing. Your dream life. That's so awesome. Cause I, I, I say often, like I quit my dream job to build my dream life. So this is, you know, I can already tell this is going to be amazing. So for building your dream life and in your story, you know, what, where did this kind of start? How are you able to create your dream life? You know, obviously if you're teaching it, you're living it now, you're happy, you're waking up every day. Where did this kind of begin? Um, <laughs> it's a story I love to tell because I just find it so amusing, but it, be it began when I was super unhappy in my world. I'd done all the things I was supposed to do. I went to school, I got the job, I got the condo, I was living in the city. I was doing like all the things that I was you know, told I was supposed to do. And I was just not happy. And I was finding all sorts of ways to sort of cover up the unhappiness and pretend like everything was fine, including like, you know, maxing out the credit cards and partying too much and doing all those, those things that you do. And you're like, I don't know what else to do with my life. Um, and then I went out on a date with this guy from the internet and I cannot tell you what his name is. I have no idea, but <laughs> We met in this pub and we were having a beer together and he was telling me about all these things, how he had traveled, how he'd done all this stuff. And it was like, he was speaking what I had always in the back of my mind wanted to do. And I remember just sitting there like, oh, I wish I could do that. <laughs> and he's like, well, why can't you? And I said, uh, because you know, I have a job and I have these responsibilities and I have my family here. And I, and I started listing all these things and he just looks at me and he's like, so what you're saying is that you just aren't making it a priority. Wow. And I like gave him this, yeah, I gave him this look like whatever, and then switched the subject and kept going. <laughs> oh my gosh. What did that's a bold, bold statement coming from the date. I love the, the boldness to, to, bring that out. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's like, we'd, we'd known each other for now at this point, maybe 20 minutes. Right. And he's just like, well, bam, there you go. So <laughs> we, we continued talking. We parted ways. We weren't really interested in each other. And I went home and then that night I was getting ready for bed. And all of a sudden this thought came through my head. I, I reimagined what he said. And all of a sudden I thought you wake up to what you choose. So taking his priority one step further is like each and every day we wake up to the choices that we made for ourselves the day before. 
And so what was I choosing the day before to wake up to my reality? So I was in a job I didn't like. Well, was I looking for a job? No. (laughs) Right. And it just started carrying on. It's like you drink a bottle of wine at night. The next day you wake up hungover, right? There's this succession of what you choose today is going to show up tomorrow. And all of a sudden I realized like if I wanted to do these things, it wasn't about whether or not I was born in the spot to do these things. It was whether or not I was willing to make them happen. And within 18 months, I was on a plane. I'd sold my everything. and was just like, I'm traveling. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> That's awesome. And I think one thing's important too, again, 18 months, it takes time to like create these these dreams when you have the realization, like for me, when I moved to San Diego, it was a similar thing. Like I wanted to do it for a year where you're like writing it every day. But I love that. Again, you're waking up, you're choosing. We always have that choice to, you know, be able to do this. So what were some of the steps for you? Like, all right, you want to wake up, you want to be different. Like when you're trying to figure out this job and you're just like, I'm going to travel. Was it just like, you just saved up and then sold all your stuff and and just did whatever, or were you able to like work remote? Like, how were you able to make this transition? Yeah, it was a bit of a transition. So, (laughs) and I think exactly to your point, so many people, especially in this world that we live in right now are looking for that instant gratification, the the get rich quick, the I'm going to do everything by tomorrow. And it's like, if you want something that's lasting, that's really going to make that difference in your life, whether it has to do with business or anything else in your life, right? It, it takes that time. Like I said, 18 months later, to me, that feels really quick. <laughs> 18 months later, my entire life was completely different, right? Um, and I think the first thing I did was get really overwhelmed, <laughs> get really overwhelmed with my new decision to all of a sudden just travel and leave this job. And it was what I had wanted and I was ready to do it. And then I got really overwhelmed. Um, And then next I worked backwards. So I was like, okay, where do I want to go? How long do I want to stay? Blah, 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 blah. Like created the picture perfect, what I wanted to do and then started working backwards. Well, what does that look like? Right? So in order to go there, well, I guess I need a flight. (laughs) So what does that cost? Right. So then I started creating a budget for it so that I knew what I needed. Right. And you just start working backwards. And this is something that I actually uh, work with my people inside of my program, live your dreams. Right. We create that roadmap and we work backwards because a lot of times it can be so overwhelming that we miss steps. We get overwhelmed. We give up. We're just like, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. (laughs) This is a great idea and I'm over it. Um, And so really it was just about working backwards and making sure that I wasn't missing any steps. And then it was just a lot of, a lot of putting one foot in front of the other for those 18 months and eventually got there. Yeah. That's such a great point. Cause just in general, we, we often think about these things as this, like this big dream. And then, but if you don't actually take the time to think about what will make that dream possible and break it down into steps, it'll never happen. It'll just be this thing, you know, oh, I want to move across the country. And that's, that's your dream. Okay. Well, like, then what, like, what's your, how much do you need? What's the next step? I love that you're talking about the different pieces and just breaking it down, you know, one step at a time, one simple thing. And you just move forward, move forward, you know, taking it and figuring out as you go, you know, I'm sure there was some different journeys as, as you're going, figuring out what's going to work. And now, did you have a definitive deadline of when you wanted to make this trip? It was kind of in the very beginning, it was, let me figure out how fast I can do this. Right. So it was, okay, this is the amount that I need. These are the steps I need to take. Let's start putting them in motion. And then I put that date on it. Right. Uh, Once I had a better idea, once I got that second, third, fifth, I had like five jobs at that time. I was, I was working full time as an office manager for a private medical clinic. Then I got a job uh, doing part-time office management for a chiropractic clinic. And then I was selling like, you know, when you go to the fair and they have those headbands you can put on that have the glowing stars and stuff like that. Yeah. (laughs) 
I was going to festivals and walking around like selling those on the thing like for extra money. I was doing I was doing whatever. I was cleaning student housing, anything that I could put into my schedule that was going to give me the money. I did it. And and that's what I think is so funny because when that dream was realized, when I was taking off, when I arrived in Thailand, all of a sudden I had all these people saying, "Wow, you're so lucky." And I'm like, oh, okay, this has nothing to do with luck and all about working five jobs and putting one foot in front of the other <laughs> and doing what it takes to actually get there, right? It's not luck. It's about creating that roadmap and then actually moving forward with it every single day and not giving up, keeping that end goal in mind. Yeah. And it just shows like how important it is to one. The first thing is determining what it is that you want. You know, that, that was the first, that was the first step. Like, I mean, so many people, they go through their day and they go through their life and they don't actually even think about what it is that they want for themselves. And if you're not even taking that step, you know, then that's the, that's the first place to start. But then, you know, I love that you, you talked about this, like just doing whatever it takes, working five jobs and just figuring it out. Was this like your, your introduction to entrepreneurship when you're, you know, selling star headbands? <laughs> was there other things? Like, was that the first journey of entrepreneurship before starting your business? <laughs> oh gosh, no. I had a business when I was 10. <laughs> Love it. What um, was I that? was teaching piano lessons. So when I was 10 years old, I was teaching piano lessons to friends and family and small children. Uh, and I was also had a babysitting business, but I didn't actually like babysitting. So I was more of the marketing team. I would help deliver the flyers and book the babysitting, but I wouldn't actually babysit the children. It wasn't my jam. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That's awesome. Wait, so you were teaching people at 10 years old, you were teaching people piano, piano. That's super impressive. I feel like I was like learning piano at 10 years old, not teaching it. That's incredible. I started learning when I was four. So I could teach kids and I actually, there's part of me that believes that a, a kid teaching a kid is almost better. You're more on that same wavelength. You understand how they think and they learn. So I loved doing it when I was that age. Yeah. Amazing. And then you started a babysitting business um, where you're not doing the babysitting. <laughs> it's like not something you hear many people talk about. <laughs> Did you have like your own team of people? You had your own team of babysitters that you were just managing? It was just my best friend. <laughs> I was like, you go do that and I'll just take a small cut of the money because I went with you to deliver the flyers and like, I'll, you know, I'll come with you to do the interview and, and all that. But then you, you babysit the kids. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Oh my gosh. So that was your, that was your first start. Then you did some different jobs. You're working these five jobs to make it happen. Did you launch your current business or did you have a, a job when you went to Thailand? Um, like, or was that just like, Hey, I have some money saved up. I'm going to figure it out when I get out there. Yeah. So the plan, the ultimate original plan was to go to Thailand for a couple of months and then well, Thailand, Laos, Cambodia, like do that whole Southeast Asia circuit <clears throat> and then go to Australia. And as Canadians, we can fairly easily get a work travel visa, right? So I was allowed to go there and work. And so I got this visa. And so after I was traveling through Asia, I was on a flight to Australia and I got to Australia. Australia is beautiful. And I was like, this feels like home, but without my family and friends and I missed it. So all of a sudden I was met with this choice of, I either have to stay in Australia and work because I'm running out of money, right? I had I, like, I had saved money for a specific amount of time and now I was running out. So I had expected to work in Australia, but I didn't want to. I could go home obviously and go work or I had enough money that I could go to Asia, like go back to Thailand and live for a few months and just let the money run out and then go home. So I chose that option. And then when I got back to Thailand and my money was running out, I was like, I can't leave. So I went through this whole process again. Well, what do I need to do to stay? Okay, I need to find a job that makes X amount of money. So I started looking for a job and I actually applied to this guy. He was uh, from the USA and he needed a, like a copywriter, SEO copywriter. 
So I started working for him. That worked. I started teaching again. Here I go again with all the jobs. Started teaching English to small children. <laughs> um, started just doing whatever I could in order to stay. And eventually, um, that SEO writing job turned into a bigger job for a global uh, drug and addiction rehab center. And I ended up managing uh, their digital social media, their digital marketing, and like. Um, managed a group of writers. Like it was great. It ended up being a really great job. I got my work permit. Uh, but the point was, is like, there was like eight steps in between, <laughs> right? I had set, I had set my, I, I set my sights on, I want to stay in Thailand. And then I was like, okay, I got to figure this out. And that's the thing, right? What is it that you're willing to do in order to get to here? And eventually I got this really awesome job that had the uh, work permit so I could stay in Thailand. It paid really well. This was amazing. And then I was like, yeah, but I don't get very much holidays and now I can't travel. So now what am I going to do? So then, <laughs> so then I was trying to find a way to fix that. And I actually went to my boss and said, I want to work remotely. And he's like, no, I want someone in the office. And I said, yeah, but I don't like that. So I want to work remotely. What if for three months we give it a try, I'll take half my salary and at the end of three months, if you think that I've been doing equally or better job, then you give me my full salary again and I get to continue working remote. And if you don't like the job I've been doing, I'll come back to the office. And like, who can say no to that? <laughs> That's an amazing proposal. Like to go in and take half your salary. The fact that you're willing to, you know, basically put your money where your mouth is for the most part. You're like... <laughs> Hey, I'm going to, I mean, yeah. How do you say that? I mean, you took four hour work week to a whole nother level of like asking to travel. It's like, they said no. And you're like, mm, actually, I don't accept that as an answer. So I'm going to, how about I counter this proposal? Um, so, so he just said, okay. Yeah. And he says, yes. And now, now you're, you're free to, to roam. Yeah. At the end of three months, he actually said to me, I'm, he's like, I can't believe your work has actually like exponentially improved. And I said, yeah, because people aren't bugging me all the time to come into a meeting or like do whatever. <laughs> so he loved it. I ended up working like that with them for almost three years. And during that time, I was able to go back home and visit my family in Canada. I went to South Africa. I went to Spain. I went to England. Uh, Malaysia. I was all over the place. And meanwhile, just got to work at this job at the same time. Incredible. And so what led you to starting your business? So you're like, you, you've obviously been, you've been picking up all these skills. You mentioned copywriting, social media, digital marketing, um, and being able to develop all these things. When, what was like the moment where you're like, I want to create something for myself? That was always in the back of my mind. I always knew, like I went to school for marketing and I knew that I would never work for like a giant corporation, just wasn't me. Uh, I knew that one day I was gonna have my own business. But here's the thing is that if I had my own business, then I couldn't travel, right? I knew I needed to like commit a, a little while to like building that business, even if it was just a couple of years. So I always shied away from building the business until I was traveling, but I wasn't traveling because I was too scared and blah, 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 right? So once I started traveling, I kind of set the ball in motion and was like, okay, well, now that I'm traveling, I can start doing these other things. And I love marketing and I'm good at marketing and I've worked in marketing for 12, maybe at least 12 years now, right? 12, 13 years now. So I'm great at all of that. But what really had caught my eye many years before when I was in school for image consulting <laughs> was um, this idea of being present and mindfulness and being able to control the mind. And as I went on this journey of trying to figure out how to stay and, and figure out things, I realized that the number one thing that holds most people back is the thoughts that are inside of our head, right? When that guy that day said to me, well, you're just not making a priority. I was like, what? No, but my, but my brain keeps telling me I have responsibilities. I have this, I have whatever, right? And so when I realized that, no, I can actually counteract those, okay? I don't need to believe those thoughts. I can create new thoughts and choose those ones instead. 
And that's what really propelled me and was what made me able to actually move forward in that process. I didn't get caught in that like fear of what if this doesn't work and what if I don't do this? Like I went to town and was like, well, when my money runs out, we'll see what happens, <laughs> right? Because I was able to escape those thoughts of fear that normally hold people back from actually achieving what they want in life. And so that was always where I wanted to go from image consulting, which is helping people achieve their ultimate potential through appearance, behavior, and communication skills. I wanted to take it deeper. And in Thailand, I was introduced a lot to, you know, mindfulness and meditation, and I did silent retreats there and all this stuff. And so I've kind of incorporated the two and my learnings. Um, and I wanted to bring that to other people because as I continued to live this life, people constantly said to me, you're so lucky. I wish I could do that. Oh man, you know, I could never do that. And I'm like, you can do it. <laughs> you can do it. And so <laughs> I just want to bring that to other people, right? We get so caught up in this ideas of I can't, it's not for me. Everybody but me can do it. And I just, it's a flip of a switch if you know how to switch it to actually allow yourself to progress forward. And that's where what I do now really came into play. Amazing. Yeah. And I can totally relate because people say that to me all the time. Like when you, when you say you move somewhere, they're like, oh, I wish you could do that. And I'm like, yeah, well, what's preventing you from doing that? You know, like, and and they, they, a lot of times they have that blank stare, you know, similar to like that you did or, or you know, when, when you're on the date where you're just, uh, and then you list off a few things, but, but then there's somebody there to call you when you have somebody that can call you on that. Like, is that really, is that really it? Yeah. Um, it's so, that's so um, incredible to be able to shift that and then want to shift that for other people. Now, from a meditation standpoint, um, you know, and we've talked, I've talked about this, you know, I had different guests that mention it a little bit too. And I actually am trying to get back into my meditation. So it's very appropriate. Um, what is your like practice for meditation when you're getting it? Is this a daily thing? Like what can you take us through a little bit about your process through meditation? Yeah. So meditation is a tool to achieve what I consider a state of being, which is a state of being, which is in mindfulness, a mindful state of being, right? So my meditation in and of itself is an amazing tool, right? Um, and it's not to me the end goal, like to sit in meditation all day. To me, the end goal is to be able to be present in whatever it is that you're doing all day that you don't get caught up in these thoughts that your mind just goes like, hey, what about this? And you're like, ooh, that's true. No, <laughs> no, it's probably not true, okay? It's probably some random thing that you don't need to think about, okay? So if you think about it, like if you wanted to get a six pack at the gym, right? Um, you would have to go into the gym and you do exercises and you do whatever. And so the meditation is really the exercises to that end state of being in which you want to be right um and so i'm i love meditation um and actually inside of my program i get people to do just a five minute meditation every single day uh which at first freaks them out and by the end they're like that was the best part of this whole thing i'm like i know um but <laughs> um but really it's like you know, even just, that's the thing though, right? Five minutes of meditation, five minutes of bringing awareness to your present moment being is so valuable. And people who say that they don't have time, I'm like, well, then you need it more than anyone. If you literally think you don't have five minutes in your day to do this. Um, but I really love, like I do do like a seated meditation for about five to seven minutes max every day. I know a lot of people love guided meditations. Mm. and I think they're cool and I think they serve a purpose some of them and I also think that there's a power a, a different type of power that comes from being able to just sit with your own self sit with your own breath or whatever it is that you're bringing that awareness to that's very very different than listening to a guided 
meditation. Often a guided meditation becomes like a story. It's like someone's reading you a story and you're like, Ooh, this is fun. <laughs> right. Um, but then what happens when all of a sudden you feel that stress, you feel that overwhelm, you start to feel like something's going wrong and you're getting caught in your thoughts and you don't have a guided meditation. What do I do? I don't know. Ah, right. So <laughs> this is why I try to, like, I recommend to everyone to create that, like just stillness practice. And it's really as simple as just closing your eyes, noticing the in-breath, noticing the out-breath. And then my go-to is like rising, falling, sitting. So you, you actually feel your entire body all in one in that sitting position. Um, and this is the style of meditation that I learned when I was uh, doing the silent retreats in Thailand. But you can sit there and you can do that and you just go through the motions for five, seven minutes and it's brilliant. Um, and then even more than that, I actually recommend what we call an informal meditation, which can be done at any time, anywhere, doing anything. <laughs> I have never heard of that. Um, and I've been taught meditation, informal meditation. What does that entail? So informal meditation is essentially bringing present awareness to anything that you're doing right here and right now. So I encourage people who are, you know, just starting out with this is to pick a specific activity that you do each and every day. So something like brushing your teeth or taking a shower or cooking dinner or something that you just always do. Doing the dishes is a big one. So many people hate doing the dishes. Okay. So I encourage people to do this while you're doing the dishes. And essentially it's like, let's say we are doing the dishes and it's about what do we normally do when we're doing the dishes? Going through the motions or complaining about the fact that we have to do the dishes. That's probably the main one. You're, they're thinking about how, man, I really hate doing the dishes. <laughs> exactly. Or you're thinking about if I didn't have to do the dishes, I could be doing X, Y, or Z in my business, or I could be doing this, or I could be doing that. Right. We start to go in this mindset of, uh, I wish I could be in this next place. And we start to move that forward thinking. And so instead, what we do is we bring ourselves very present in that moment so that those thoughts cannot really be present. And so we start to focus on every little aspect. So you go and you turn on the tap. And as you turn on the tap, you notice, is the tap cold? Is it warm? Does it feel wet already? Is it dry, right? You notice these things. What does it look like? Is there, is there light shining on it? Is there whatever, right? So you're so present with it. And then as the water turns on, you listen to the sound. Oh, look, there comes the water, right? Then you put your hand under it. Is it cold? Is it hot, right? Notice how it goes across this finger first and then to the ring finger, then to the middle finger. Notice how it goes along, right? And when you start to, even as I'm saying it, I can feel the whole process. I don't know if you I'm can. I'm like getting excited well. about doing my dishes like that. <laughs> <laughs> this like sounds way more interesting. Oh, oh my gosh. Like it, it, that's such a cool, um, yeah, taking you through that process. And you can think about too, how that correlates with like other things that you have to do in your life that are, well, you know, mundane or just like things that people may find annoying, but just like actually being fully present into it. And actually has a, a level of, um, you know, of bringing you into that attention because from, you know, I've read the book, The Power of Now. Have you read that book? And I love that book so much because so much of it is like, you can't be, um, if you're truly present, then you can't be thinking about the future or the past because then you're not living in the now. And so much of our lives, we live, uh, we're, we're like in fear because we're thinking about the future or we're worried because we're thinking about the future or we're angry because of something that we did or somebody else did in the past. And you can't have any of these feelings when you are in the present moment. So even if you're doing the dishes, if you are fully present, you can still only be joyful because you're not thinking about, I wish I was done the dishes. Yes. And <laughs> absolutely. And I mean, the power of now. So the power of now, I read that about 16 years ago now. And, and that changed my life. Like 
that book and everything in it. And I've, I, since then, I think I've read it about 12 times probably. Um, but I think one of the things that, that he says in there is, um, you know, think about yourself in this present moment. What is wrong in this present moment? And chances are, I mean, unless you're in an emergency room or right, like something really intense is going on, 99.9% .9 of the time, nothing is actually wrong in this present moment. You're fine, you're safe, you're healthy, you're doing your thing, right? And yet we get so caught up in this forward thinking, backward thinking, just like you said, right? We're either in the, in the future or in the past. Our mind is in one of these places, our body is here and we need to bring that mind back into our body in order to experience more joy each and every day and, and less stress. And who and doesn't want that? I think that is, what's that? And who doesn't want that? More joy, less stress, right? <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I love this. Now I'm curious, um, from a meditation standpoint and utilizing this, and I love that you just said, um, doing it for five to seven minutes. Cause that is actually what I've done. I've always thought about like doing it more, but I love that you're kind of saying like, no, that's, that's totally okay about doing it for that time. And, um, my teacher said the same thing, not using devices because then you become dependent on that. And if you don't have your headphones or you don't have that when you need it, then it kind of defeats the purpose. And, and it's like somebody else is in your voice. And then you're like, oh man, that person's like weird. And you're thinking about them instead of thinking about your breath and being present. You know, you can hear all of the reasons of why being present in, in your own breath and not relying on other things is going to have that effect. Now I'm curious, what are some of the other habits that you do that help you to, or have helped you to create your dream life? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a huge one, right? That being present, learning how to, um, I call it taking your thoughts to court. <laughs> um, don't believe everything that comes through your head and just in and of like, it seems like, oh, what a, you know, oh yeah, don't believe everything in your head, but, but it, it's a really difficult practice to master and to really be able to detach from these thoughts. And when you can detach from all these random thoughts that come up in your head about the what ifs and the, oh my gosh. And, you know, that's what holds us back in life all of those fear mongering, right? Our brain, our brain's so sweet. It's trying to keep us alive, <laughs> right? That's its job is trying to keep us alive. And, and, and in the meantime, it just gets a little distracted and it starts to create all these extra reasons that maybe we could possibly die or not feel good or not this or not, you know, and it just piles, piles, piles. And so we need to allow it that space to come up with those ideas and then dismiss them <laughs> say thank you and then carry on right because that is the number one thing that holds everybody back from creating a life that they truly love inside and out is the what will so and so think what if i fail what if this happens what if i spend my money to do this and then i don't make it back right we get so caught up in the what ifs that we find it really difficult to move forward Right. And we start to believe that these things aren't possible for us. You know, like you said, you know, you moved and people are like, oh man, you're so lucky. It's like, yeah. So I <laughs> saved up some things. I got a place. I drove across, you know, it's like, this is what I did. But, but people start to, to create these ideas. Well, you know, but then my parents will be really upset or then this will really happen. Right. So it's really that capacity of getting out of your head. Um, <laughs> which just so happens to be the title of my book. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> very appropriate, but, nice plug there too. I love that. <laughs> I actually surprised myself with that plug and I was like, Ooh, well done. Um, <laughs> oh. um, but really it's that, and it's just different exercises to be able to do that. Right. And, and learning what your body needs and what your brain needs in order to get out of that, mind space where you're just holding yourself back 
because we are our own worst enemy when it comes to creating things in life. We are absolutely our own worst enemy. Yeah. I love that you talked about the like survival instinct. You know, we come from cavemen, you know, or whatever. And from that standpoint, we, we are trained to keep ourselves safe, you know, in comfort and back in the day that was much more difficult if you made a mistake or you failed you're dead you know that's just but now we live in a world where you can make a lot of mistakes you can mess up and like you'll probably be fine as long as you don't break the law for the most part you're probably going to be pretty you know good with certain mistakes that you choose to make and you know the other thing that i love that you were talking about was the the things in your head you know and, and obviously the the title of your book as well but those things that come up, because as you're listening to us talk, you know exactly that voice, like you've heard that voice. And, you know, you mentioned it is, is this true? Like, are the things that I'm saying this voice like, oh, I can't do this, you know, or this happens or that, but, but then you're not taking the next step, like, okay, your parents will miss you. Okay, but then they can come visit you or you can go visit them. Like, we forget to take that that extra step or, and just starting with that first thing, is this true when you hear that thing in your head can be the first step to revealing so much about yourself and helping you to get out of your own head and get out of your own way so that you can create this dream life that you want to create. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So you, um, so much. Yes. <laughs> so getting out of your own head, how, like, I, I mean, I'm sure you probably talk about it in your book, I assume. So we don't, you know, you guys can definitely check that out, but for, for you and some of the things that you've been able to do to overcome these things, to overcome these obstacles and how much, cause it's, I think one of the things you mentioned earlier too, is like, we think about the how it's like that that's such an important part, but here it is. It's like, no, that's not really important at all. It's really just getting over yourself in your own head. Um, and so what are some things that we can do to start to notice these? Well, I guess meditation, maybe, maybe one of those. Now I'm starting to answer your own questions. Um, but what are some other things that we can do that are going to help us to get out of our own head and allow us to take these next steps to, to build these things in our life that we want? Yeah. So I think really a huge thing about being able to get out of your head is exactly what we just spoke about, right? Challenging your thoughts. Number one, challenge all your thoughts, all of them, even the ones that seem really awesome. I mean, unless it's like, Hey, you're doing really great today. Be like, yeah, okay. I'll take that one. <laughs> I'll take that thought. Um, but challenge your thoughts, right? Like all of our thoughts. Sometimes you're like, I'm hungry. And you're like, I just ate. Oh, but I'm hungry. You're like, no, you're not hungry. I just like, I literally just ate, right? Like, you know, this feeling and it's like, you're hungry out of boredom. Oh, that's such a good example. <laughs> that is such a good example. Oh my God. I didn't even think about when you said challenge your thoughts. I was like, yeah, but, but something like that, like, oh, I'm hungry is, oh man, that's, that's like, that's a game changer. <laughs> <laughs> Like how many times have you just finished eating? You're like, I'm hungry. And you're like, no, I just want chocolate. Like I just, I'm not hungry. Right. The lies. The I'm making lies up a reason. Ourself. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. We'll find plenty of reasons so, to get those things. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, sorry. We do. We, we find a lot of reasons to either get what I call like, so those types of things when we're like, I'm hungry, but really you just want like a hit of dopamine in your brain, right? You want that chocolate to hit the dopamine center and you're like, yes, that was amazing. So, you know, your brain is clever. Okay. Your brain is very clever and it's going to try and get things. It's going to try to stay safe. It's going to try to get extra hits of dopamine. It's going to try to get these things from you, but you need to be able to outwit your own mind. Right? So, you know, I always say like most of us, our mind is using us and we need to learn how to use our mind. And so we, 
what we have to do is start to just pay attention. And even just by listening to this and taking note of, okay, how often is my mind using me instead of me using my mind and start to take note. And I encourage everyone. I keep, I've always kept a journal. I've kept a journal since I was, you know, teaching piano at 10 years old, even since I started to write, but I, you know, I've always kept a journal and I write down these types of thoughts, right? What is it that my mind keeps telling me? And we have approximately 60,000 thoughts each and every day. And so if we break that down to our waking moments, that's about one thought per second. 90% of them are repetitive and 85% of them are negative. Wow. 85% <laughs> are negative. Oh my gosh. That's a huge. So to stat. an untrained mind, when we just allow ourselves, when we just allow our mind to run wild, we are just literally telling ourselves negative stuff on repeat all day. And then we wonder why we feel stuck anxious, nervous, scared, because our mind is just latching on to these things. And again, it's trying to keep us safe, right? It's trying to remind us of all these negative things. But like you said, we no longer live in a world with saber tooth tigers and we're not being chased by things. Most of us live a relatively safe life over in this side of the world where we're from, right? So, you know, we are living a relatively safe life and yet our mind is still designed to cling on to these things. And so it literally repeats negative stuff all day. And so the first thing to do is start to listen to these things. What am I telling myself? Note these things, right? If you've thought today already 10 times that you've noted, oh, am I going to have enough money to pay my rent this month? Or, you know, I'm not sure if tomorrow, if this is, you know, if I'm going to get that job or whatever, note them down and write them down. And I encourage you to write them down because when we write them down, it allows our mind to feel acknowledged and they can stop thinking about them all the time, right? And then what we can do is when we write down these negative thoughts, we can actually, like I said, take them to court. <laughs> so what are some things that are actually positive and like what actually reinforces this thought in our head? And what, like you play lawyer against lawyer, right? What are some actual things that we can say that are against this thought, right? If I do this and my whole world will crumble and then blah, 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 blah. And you know what? I should just not do it. No, I should not do it, right? And it's like, okay, well, what's the other side of that, right? Maybe even if you just think something simple, like what if I lose my job? You know, I know a lot of people walk around with this thought in their head of what if I lose my job? What if I lose my job? What if I lose my job, right? Yeah, what if? <laughs> what if? Like literally, what if? And break it down to the worst case scenario. Break it down. Write it down. Be like, this is what would happen. Great. Now that you've got that out of the way, <laughs> what, what's the best case scenario when you get to keep your job? Right? And so if you find that you are constantly wishing for something in life, but you're not getting there, or you're looking for something that you can't achieve, your mind is keeping you away from it. And so start to write down those thoughts and notice those thoughts. Like journaling is no joke. <laughs> yeah, I love that. This takes journaling to a, another level that I think is super powerful. Because from my experience with journaling, it's been more about just, you know, I do reflection and I do like gratitude in the morning and which is helpful because you're, you know, similar things, you're rewiring your brain to see the positives and clearly 85% of your thoughts are negative. So if you can start your morning with some gratitude, it's going to help you to hopefully change those statistics a little bit. But I love this concept of really writing down these thoughts that we're having a lot because I think we often get in our own head and we don't allow it to be visualized in a certain way. We just keep it up there and then it just bounces around and it disappears and then it comes back and it's, and it just keeps annoying us and bugging us, but we can actually, when we put it on paper, we can actually see it, analyze it. Now you're seeing it in a different light. You're seeing it in different words. And then it allows us to, to take the next step into how can we overcome these thoughts or, you know, is this thought, you know, true? And like, I love when you were talking about the job, like, what if you lose your job? And most people are thinking they're only thinking, what if you lose your job? Not thinking about 
yeah, what actually, if you lose your job, oh, well, I'd have to do some applications. Oh, I, I, you know, I could probably get another job. And then they're like, oh, huh, I guess that's not really as scary as I thought because I could probably, I think I'd be able to be competent enough to get another job. And so this thing that you let bounce around in your head and control your head, all of a sudden you just literally eliminated it from this simple process. Yes. And, and exactly what you said, right? When we actually take it to the worst case scenario, like you lost your job, what next? So well, you put out some applications, okay? So that's a good step forward, right? Then, then you go over some interviews, right? You take it through this process. And I think for me, so I suffered from debilitating anxiety after a near-death experience. It was very traumatic. Then I had crazy anxiety for the next few years and I used that was one of the main tools I used to completely alleviate my anxiety was every time that I would go into this almost panic attack. I, it was caused by thought, right? <gasps> You're going to die. <gasps> this is going to happen. <sighs> right. Just constant, these thoughts coming, coming, coming all the worst case scenario. And so I would keep, it was just a small little notebook and I kept it in my back pocket with a pen all the time. And every time this would happen, I would pull it out and I would write it down and where I was, what was happening, what the thoughts were, and then I would take them to court and say, is this true? Is this the only option? And that's it too, right? We often get caught up in this idea that like, that's the only thing that could possibly happen. <laughs> and so what are some other things that could possibly happen, right? I love this example and it goes back to kind of the job, right? On a Sunday afternoon, you're sitting there and you get a text from your boss and your boss is like, when you come in tomorrow morning, can you please uh, come and meet me in the office right away? We need to have a meeting, right? Like I even saw your face there. You're like, oh no. <laughs> I could just relate so much to, to where you're going with this. So continue. <laughs> right, but you, you get caught up in this, oh my gosh. And all of a sudden your mind, oh my gosh, I'm getting fired. They didn't like that presentation I handed in on Friday. Oh my, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, right? And you spend the whole night, you can't sleep, you get up, you're all anxious, you go in the office and they're like, hey, so the senior vice president of whatever had to leave for a family emergency. Can you take over this project? I think you're the most skilled person. And then all of a sudden you're like, what? Like, <laughs> I just spent the last 24 hours stressing because I thought I was gonna lose my job and actually they wanted to kind of promote me. Oh, interesting. It's so funny that things that scare us are actual scenarios that might happen. Like the fears that we have are based on one possible outcome of the thing that we are choosing to do. You know, like the example, and Will Smith talks about this, like with skydiving, that you're not actually scared of skydiving. You're scared of dying, you know, of it not working. That's like one possible outcome, which again, statistically, you know, it's like astronomical of how many people actually die skydiving, but it's the fear of the actual skydiving leading up to this too. So you're scared of the act and you're just thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it. But then when you're actually skydiving, you're not thinking about, oh my gosh, I'm so scared of skydiving. <laughs> it's like, no, you're, you're literally just enjoying it present in the moment. It's the thing of the fear that we latch onto and this possible um, outcome. I love too, that you mentioned like having that in your back pocket. What a cool um, little thing that you can do because I know there's a ton of people that suffer from anxiety and what a cool little easy, practical tip that you could do. I know I kind of just went off, but I had to share that as well because I thought that was just such a cool practice. <laughs> no, no, it's true. And, and you know, um, like I have a whole chapter in the book specifically about fear, right? Because fear is what hold this, holds us back all the time. I used to be deathly afraid of heights. I went skydiving, by the way, while I was deathly afraid of heights, go figure. But <laughs> me too. You know, I found myself in a mall on the third floor and looking over a railing, and all of a sudden was like, oh my gosh, if you step away, you, the whole floor is going to crumble and you're going to die. That was the thought that came in my head. And I was like, well, I can't step away then. <laughs> 
So I, I just stood there shaking, holding onto the railing. Like if I step away, I'm going to die. If I step away, I'm going to die. There's people walking up to the railing. They're going back. Like it's just, it's a mall, right? <laughs> Everyone's safe. And I was hugging the railing, shaking because I was so scared because a thought popped up in my head out of nowhere saying, if you take a step away, you're going to die. So I believed it. And then I got so attached to it that I couldn't move. And eventually I had another thought, thankfully, because I didn't know how I was going to leave this railing. I had another thought that said, if you crawl, you'll be fine. <laughs> so I was like, oh, thank God. So I got down on the floor in the busiest mall in all of Toronto. I got down on the floor and started crawling away from the railing, like at knee height to people being like, excuse me, sorry, pardon me, excuse me. And I crawled to the wall and then was like, oh, that was close. <laughs> it's such a funny, like, cause you got to think about it too. Everyone's picturing this you know, and, but at the same time, I feel like people can relate to like being in a situation like this, that's unrealistic yet. This is what our thoughts can do to ourselves, you know, like, and the, the height example is such a funny thing. It's like, when all of a sudden you get close to heights, like things stop working, like you don't know how to walk anymore. And it's like, we just get debilitated to being able to, to do like, even for me. So I used to be a diver, but I was like scared of heights. And so I would go off the lower board and going on the, the upper board, which is literally the exact same board. They're identical in every single way. It's just higher than the other one. And I would walk out like, Oh, I don't know how to do this. Meanwhile, I have like a routine that I do every single time I get on this board, you know, like it's just so funny in how our brains are able to just up. Oh, no, you can't walk now. Like just shut down. <laughs> I'm laughing so hard because it's just so, so true, you know, with this fear of height and like, I'll get close to a, a cliff or something right and I'm like oh no I'm gonna fall how often do I fall walking around never right so but all of a sudden you get close to that height and you're like I'm probably gonna fall yeah no shouldn't go there <laughs> yeah that the cliff one is it's such a great a great example too like the fall too like like for me I used to have trouble going up steps that were high like I would go to a water park and just be like horrified. It's like, these are steps. You walk up steps all the time. Why are, why are you having so much difficulty walking up? But steps? these ones have little holes you can see through. So now you can't walk. <laughs> exactly. And they know just what to do to get us to be scared of these next step. It has nothing to do with the water allowing it to go, go through the, the cracks. Oh my gosh. And what I love to... Um, if, if you, do you have an example of this, that is more, um, business related, less heights related of like where we're in this like fearful situation that literally is something that we have done before, or, you know, something of that sort. Yeah, I think it comes up pretty much every day when you're trying to run your own business, right? And, you know, I coach business uh, entrepreneurs as well, right? I also do the mindset coaching. So all of that stuff all combined, right? So, and you know that, but it's, I think the number one thing that comes up and like, even for, for me is you go to do a live and then you're like, oh my gosh, no, no, you know what? I can't do a live. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pre-record the video. Okay, I know every every digital entrepreneur has done this before. No, 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 I can't go live, but I'm gonna I'm gonna pre-record the video. You do the whole video in one take and then you upload it. And you're like, what was the difference between doing it live and pre-recording it? Right. And there's like literally so many little things that we do each and every day as entrepreneurs that we get so caught up in our head about, right? And I think it's really, you know, so many people say, oh, well, I don't wanna show up on social media and I don't wanna share this because like, what if nobody buys? 
Mm. Okay, well, is anybody buying now when you're not telling anybody about what you're doing? So you're realizing your fears, but you're, you don't see your fears in that way, right? Because we get so scared of, it's, it comes back to this idea of like human nature and wanting to be liked by tribes too, right? I, I think this comes up a lot in entrepreneurship is we used to have to depend on our tribes. And so you don't want to be ostracized. And so this feeling of what are they going to think? They need to like me. All this stuff comes up. And so it's like a biological, like it's biologically ingrained in us to want people to like us because we want to stay part of the tribe. And so I guess what it really comes down to is, do you care what that random person over there <laughs> has to say about you when you're not depending on them for your life? Or what do you care more about? And it's again, bringing that vision into your light and bringing it into your mind and staying so focused. Like when I went to Thailand, I had the five jobs. I did all these things. What are you willing to do? And I think it comes back to thinking about that each and every single day. What is it that I truly, truly, truly want? And then am I willing to do what it takes? Because if you're not willing to do exactly what it takes, then what are you doing? <laughs> then what are you doing? Absolutely. And that's like full circle right there. Coming back to these, these avenues of how all of this is tied into, you know, the things that we want most often there is potentially a level of fear that comes into, and it's your choice to choose whether or not we're going to let that fear stop us from getting what we want. I love that you use like the live example, you know, the video example, because obviously I love video, but, um, you know, the idea of like, do you want to grow your business and succeed? And all it takes is for you to po post this video and this is going to help make that happen. Or one person out of a thousand people that watch the video are going to be like, Oh, you, you made this weird face at the 32nd mark. <laughs> it's like, what, you know, like, what do you want? Do you want this goal or do you want to sit there and think about how you're worried about a potential thing that may, may happen? So I love that. Just being willing to do whatever it takes, because if you truly desire that goal, you'll figure out a way and you'll do it regardless of, of all of these other circumstances. You know, it's like the mom lifting a car because her child's under it. It's like you, you figure out a way to do insane, amazing things when you truly have the desire to get what you want. Absolutely. And you summed it up so well there. And it's really just about, you know, in my opinion, everything that you is going to give you that deep level level of satisfaction and fulfillment and all of that stuff, there's going to be a quote unquote risk factor, right? Even just putting it into like, you know, if there's someone that you are dating and you feel like you're in love and that moment when you think, should I tell them or should I not tell them? If I tell them and what if they don't wanna say it back and ah, right? Like, I think everybody's been there at some point. There's someone that you feel strongly about and you're scared to say it. But if you don't say it, they'll never know. And so are you willing to not say it and just never have that happen? Or are you willing to say it and have a 50-50 chance that they're gonna say it back and you get what you want? Mm -hmm. And I think that comes down to every single aspect of business and creating, creating a business and creating a life that you truly love from the inside out. It comes to, are you willing to take that step even though it feels risky. And let me just point out that most of the time that risk is just like your feelings got hurt. <laughs> okay. Let's just keep that in mind that usually the biggest risks that we're taking in business and entrepreneurship is that our feelings are going to get hurt. And so when we can learn to not attach ourselves so much to those thoughts and those bubbles up that are coming like, oh no, but they didn't like it or, oh no, but they didn't this, right? When we can learn to detach from that, take those thoughts to court too, it becomes much less of a burn, but you still need to be willing to take that step or else you're not going to move 
forward. I love it. Amazing. This is such a, it's such a powerful um, episode and really just, you know, if we look back on and the things that, that we talked about and discussed, like, I love your transformation of just like, you know, waking up to what you choose and the choices that, that you make are up to you. Like, what do you want to wake up to? You know, what it's based on your choices that you've made in the past. And if you start making new choices of how you choose to see, how you choose to live, you can wake up to the dream life, which is, you know, the goal. Uh, you know, you talked about working backwards and, you know, just starting with the, the, Hey, this is what I want. Okay. Now what are the steps that are going to get there and just breaking it down and we break it down into simple, easy steps, things get easier. Um, you know, being willing to do whatever it takes, taking time to think about our thoughts and not letting our thoughts control us, taking time to meditate so that we can control our thoughts better so that we can see these things when they come up so that we can ask ourselves, is this true? And, and really take the time to be in this present moment where we're living in the now where things are joyful because we're not worried about what tomorrow is going to bring or the other things that are going to happen. And really just being willing to challenge our thoughts. I love take them to court. Like I, I love that. Take your thoughts to court. Like it's such a, it adds like, I always say, you know, uh, is it true? Like, that's the thing. But I love this, like, cause you can almost picture it where you're, you're in the courtroom and you're like, that's not true. <laughs> you know, boom, boom, boom. You know, you're like, <laughs> it's like visual that I, that I'm seeing because it becomes so much more powerful in, in that authoritative position. Like if you are the judge and now you're looking at the, the thoughts in your head and determining whether or not this is going to help you. And then again, you have the choice to learn how, or, um, you have the choice to look at the different things that you are choosing to see. And, you know, you mentioned you either learn how to use your mind or let your mind use you. And I think that is so powerful because, and look, this isn't, this is a battle. This is a war. Like this is going to happen regardless. Like your mind is probably going to win some of the time, but the more that you can start to recognize it, start to see it, you're going to then be able to start winning more, winning more, change those percentages like what we talked about. Um, and so many of those, those negative thoughts, take time to write this down, journal about these things, putting your thoughts on paper, maybe keeping a notebook and a pen in your back pocket to be able to utilize that. Um, and just the power of what can happen when you really take control, take control of those thoughts and do whatever you want and do whatever it takes to make your dreams possible. Amazing. Love it. Um, real quick. So, um, so you mentioned, I want to hear a little bit more about your book. And also I always ask this question too, is if there is one particular book, obviously yours first, but then also, um, another book that's been influential for you, um, that you recommend to a lot of people. Yeah. So, um, you know, mine first, no kidding. Um, <laughs> um, the power of now, which you've already mentioned. So I'm sure people are already aware of that, right? The power of now to me is the hands down. It's been like my, my Bible through this entire lifetime of mine. Um, and I actually have a section in the back of my book called my favorite books, but I would say one of the other favorites and I'm reading cause I can't think of the name joy on demand. That's what it's called joy on demand. And it's actually by the writer of, or he was the creator of the Google Google's mindfulness program. So he created that he was one of the co-creators and his name is Chade Meng Tan and it's called joy on demand. And it is a brilliant book. It's got so many like quick, easy ways to flip your mind. Right. So like we were saying to, to change that percentage of those negative thoughts and how to be able to literally just boom, create joy on demand. It's a beautiful book. Amazing. That's so awesome. Cool. I'm definitely going to check that out because I have heard of Google's like the mindfulness program, but I didn't know that the, who that was or that there was even a book. Um, super cool. And I'm going to put this in the show notes because I know you shared it. Um, your book, um, is that available? When does that come out? 
Uh, that's out in June 2021. I love it. Awesome. Cool. June 2021 coming out soon. Can they pre-order it? Can people pre-order it? Very soon. Very soon. Yes. I love it. So maybe by the time that uh, this episode is live, um, you'll be able to pre-order it. It should be, it. yeah. Awesome. <laughs> love it. And then lastly, so um, what's the best place for somebody to get in touch with you, follow you? Uh, probably Instagram, candicejames.kj, or just head on over to the website, candicejames.com. Love it. Awesome. Candice, thank you so much for your time. This was amazing. Thank you so much. This was a great conversation. <laughs> and listeners, thank you for being here. I hope you got a ton of value, uh, of value from this. Follow Candice, check out her book, and remember, let's keep growing together. Wait, wait, one more thing. I would first like to say thank you. Thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed this message, please take a moment to write a review. By writing a review, it helps people find this message and helps me help more people. And if you really, really liked it and you think this message could help someone else, take a screenshot, share it on Instagram, and please tag me at Nick J. Bonnie, N-I-C-K-J-B-O-N-I, so I can show my appreciation for you. We can all win by helping each other grow. Thank you. Take care, and I'll talk to you soon.